Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disc 2 Movie Review with me, Rianne Evans. Joining me again in this episode are Martin Kane and Lee Stevens. And this week we're looking at Alex Garland's 2018 sci-fi thriller Annihilation and Stanley Kubrick's 1968 visual masterpiece, 2001 A Space Odyssey. So sci-fi week. Sci-fi is not my favourite genre. Not that it's, I don't... It is mine. Okay, yeah. going to be awkward. You look like the sort that you go to Comic-Con, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with Annihilation. Did your husband contact you at any point while he was away? No. It was his decision to go in. Why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission? You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. Go for it. It's, I thought it was a bit flat. I, I find it weird with Netflix, like original movies. They, um, they, they just never seem to hit the marks like the TV shows do. Do you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. Like with the TV shows, always feel like a big budget film, mm-hmm. but then their original films always feel like low budget yeah. movies. It, it never sort of works for me. It was more the visuals I liked in it. I, lo- I like the, um, I like the setting of it, and how sort of isolated they feel, even though they just sort of walked into yeah. a field. I know what you mean with it being flat because the main thing I noticed, especially about the sound, was it all that it was all very muffled, mm. um, which I, I'm assuming was the intention. But I wrote down like the transitions were so quiet; everything about the film was quiet. So yeah. if you if you weren't paying attention, you'd just be like, "What the hell is going on now?" I, sort of thing. It feels like nothing's going on. Yeah, well. yeah, it's a big sort of waiting round yeah, for yeah. something to happen, and then you get little things down again like a giant crocodile or alligator or whatever it was and a giant weird bear bear thing skull bear no, skull bear yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big skull bear yeah but yeah it just seemed it seemed a bit odd yeah uh, I don't know yeah maybe that was it maybe there weren't enough like jumpy attack moments and it sort of dragged itself out because a bit like that because the horror moments I thought mm. were quite good mm really gruesome when the bear like rips the woman's throat out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and know, just smacks her and knocks graphic. her off her face off yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know whether yeah as you say that that sort of horror moment they were going on that for like effect so you've got to wait for ages and then something horrific would happen yeah. and then it goes off again yeah um, is it Keira Knightley it is isn't it no it's Natalie Portman it's, I always get the two of them mixed up but um, I've, to be fair, I feel the same about Natalie Portman as a Duke here Knightley, where it's almost like they've had all personalities sucked out of them. Mm-hmm. So at any moments I was supposed to have any gravitas, and she's just got that dazed squirrel look where she's looking <laughs> completely through everything that's going on and like two miles somewhere in the foreground. A different caster might have made, especially coming to the end, you know where it all goes a bit crazy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, somebody else in that role would have made it feel a bit more grounded because you, you'd have... 
identified with the character a little bit more. Even cool. the bit where she's on the boat, you know, where they're, where they're on the boat, she's talking about when she was in the army and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And it, it was all just really cliched of like, you know, sort of, yeah, I'm beautiful, but you probably didn't realise this, but I was also in the army. <laughs> right. And I think that, like what we were saying about the scenes, not dragging on, but being quite like not much happening for a while and then a quick shock. It worked because obviously like Alex Garland who did Annihilation did 28 Days Later Mm -hmm. and it worked in that with the whole sort of like destitute or desolate London sort of thing and then you're getting like the infected running after the characters um, and things. I think it worked quite well in that. But I think I enjoyed it but I'm also aware as well that Alex Garland's done a lot of really good films in the past. What else has he done? Um, So he did Ex Machina, he did um, Sunshine... Um, so we did that and like the guys who did the soundtrack did the same they were the same guys that did Axe Machina as well and so like I really liked I really liked the soundtrack too and that repeating like acoustic guitar and line that was going through it yeah I did say um, the noise is good at making making me feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it kind of is as you say like with it being like a sci-fi film Mm. you don't expect like those sorts of instruments to be used but then when kind of like right at the end when the it, you know, it personifies itself, yeah. the, the alien, the species, or whatever, and then the the noise of that species is more like what you would get. It was like it's like an old synth that's been like distorted up, mm. and it's more what you get with a classic sci-fi film, mm. uh, which was quite cool that they'd they'd done it like that. Yeah, Lee, you said not much happens. Yeah, yeah, that you know the bit where she's kind of like sparring with herself, the alien version of herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought. I got really annoyed with that and I know it's partially because I've got a cold as well but I got so annoyed and I angrily type in nothing is happening how are we going how many more times are we going to spar with the weird metal version of Natalie Portman and lose because it happened like four times and I was like is this it forever now is it like two hours ten minutes something like that I can't remember how long the film is it's over two hours isn't it it's about around that that. time it's it's not far over it It feels like an hour and a half's worth of film Right. Yes. You know, if, you, if you cut a half an yeah. hour of chaff out of it, it's yeah. probably a reasonably good yeah. hour and a half <laughs> just like, sci-fi film. We, guys, we need to add an extra half hour. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to copy and paste a couple of scenes within within a scene. Well, I think it's it's probably a little bit of um, director indulgence, isn't it? You know, because wanting the bit the shots of like the because like the foliage is quite cool. You know, having mm-hmm. different species on it yeah. and stuff like that. So having those moments of them just wandering around so you can have like the vision of the scene in it, yeah, I think that might be part of the problem. I literally wrote a bit self-indulgent from the director. But I thought that with 2001 as well, you know, that seemed to be the key thing linking both directors is that it looked great, but it was very self-indulgent. And, so, and I was reading on IMDb that the director of Annihilation was arguing with... He was arguing with someone who said um, he was worried about the film being too intelligent right, and okay. too intellectual and mm-hmm. people are just going to get bored and, mm-hmm. and not understand it, which I could get because I, I was getting a bit like frustrated with it. Yeah, but I, I, That was an old argument made for 2001 as well. Yeah, yeah so I read like, that as well, like, yeah. Clark was worried that it was going to be too above people. The thing is, like, I thought, sorry, like sorry. Both, both the plots were really clever and really good but because the pacing was so slow mm-hmm. i found myself getting bored and that's when i would get confused because i'd, I'd like right, yeah, snap yeah. out when in reality the plot's good that's what i was going to gonna say about annihilation is um you can you can say oh, it might be too intellectual for the audience but there's a difference between being too intellectual and not being able to keep your attention span for yeah. the whole of a film yeah. very true yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah i know i know what you mean about it being 
uh, like feel like it's quite long as well. Yeah. Um, and I'd say if you knocked maybe like 20 minutes of it or knocked some of them, like trying to show off like the special effects for the nice landscapes and everything maybe a bit in a different way than maybe they could have condensed it all down a bit. Mm. But think about it. Who were the characters? Yeah, quite bland. Because I, yeah. I wrote down, I was like, oh, it's good. Like it passes, do you know, the Birchdall test? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, ba- it's basically a test that looks at female characters and whether or not they can have a conversation with each other that doesn't revolve around a man. All right. And it's in, it's quite shockingly rare, like in, in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's getting le- it's getting much better now, but um, it's surprising. And I was like, oh, it passes the Bechdel test, you know. Um, but then again, it was like, why do they have to be army women to yeah. not be talking about men? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was me just putting my feminist hat on for a little bit. <laughs> but you've got them in that what's like stereotypically male role. Yeah. And then that's the only way that you can't... That's <laughs> the only way yet. to not talk about men, yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, you're right. Um, the, the characters were kind of obviously like kind of spy skills. Each had a personality. Yeah, yeah. And yet they were still quite unmemorable. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of any character's name. No, just Kieran Knightley's. Yeah, just Kieran Knightley. <laughs> no, it wasn't the... I, what even was she called? It began with an L, didn't it? No, that's what I mean. I can't think of any yeah, character. I can't okay. think of their names, actually. <laughs> yeah. I can't really remember what the rest of them did. Like, for why they were in there. Was it just because they were ex-army or the current army? I don't know. Oh, God, the <laughs> silence speaks volumes there. <laughs> and I love it, doesn't it? We keep selling this like this. We're going to <laughs> we're gonna have to beat Netflix sponsorship <laughs> off with a stick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Dave. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? No, not at all. I've wondered whether you might be having some second thoughts about the mission. I never gave these stories much credence, but particularly in view of some of the other things that have happened, I find them difficult to put out of my mind. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. I think we said just before about like the length of that, mm-hmm. and obviously it is very long that film. Yeah. But I'd I'd like well a lot of it where it feels like it's dragging on and there's nothing much going on. I think it sort of Kubrick like did that on purpose to sort of make you feel the sort of isolation of being mm-hmm. in space. Yeah. Um, as well, although um, fun fact, mm-hmm. uh, there's about eighty eight minutes worth of non-dialogue yep. scenes in that film. Yeah. Now, I did look up that that is a whole Wicker Man or a whole airplane uh, is eight That is long. a fun fact. <laughs> um, I, I quite like as well that, like, a Kubrick film is quite stylized. Maybe, mm. like, Full Metal Jacket to a point as an exception. But if you look at something like 2001 and you see the, like, the furniture in the departure lounge... And you know, that could just be in the Corova Milk Bar or in the you know the house mm-hmm. in the Home Invasion in the Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Kind of feels yeah. like it's all in yeah. the same universe. It's, yeah, 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 it's got yeah. that sort of thing to it. I thought a lot of things looked incredibly realistic, mm-hmm. even by today's standards. There was loads of things that were pioneered in that. It wasn't even in like the Dawn of Man, but the, that was the first time anyone had done like rear screen uh, rear screen project, projection, okay. where you put a you put like essentially a blanket up behind the foreground and then project a background onto the back of that. So you can walk so in front of it without the shadows getting. Yeah, mm. yeah, like things like the the pen floating 
when you one of the first oh, yeah. space scenes and the pen was actually stuck to a sheet of glass and like apparently if you look on it you look closer if you just know that it's there when the woman gets to grab the pen you can actually see her pull it off the glass. yeah um but i don't know if those things just haven't dated because basically between that and blade runner that's our vision of the future maybe like really as i say the transport through to like how star wars looks mm-hmm. that's 2001 that's his idea of space and like star trek and things you either get this really clean bright design for something in space or you get like the blade runner one which neon is like our, yeah neon hell yeah. yeah it's an inner city with more neon lights and so whether it's it maybe has aged quite badly but that's just our view of the future and every film since then basically like that's why like for me like kubrick and probably hitchcock are like proper geniuses when it comes to film it is just the amount of effort isn't it that that everything every single thing is covered and yeah. thought of that's why that's why you only get a few geniuses isn't it because look, look it's very easy for somebody to be really 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 good at something mm-hmm. but it takes that almost psychopathic yeah. attention to detail to yeah. take the next step yeah. to, to, to essentially where why most geniuses end up like being rubbish people at everything else <laughs> yeah. in their lives yeah. how did you find it I didn't like it well like no it. I appreciated it mm-hmm. I appreciated it but uh, well like I said before because I'm ill I felt like my soul was coming out of my body yeah. <laughs> and it is like, it is quite a hard going film as well you know if you've got like if you've got like a cold and like you're already like bunged up and things like I, I was saying to you before that you know, even just watching the scenes where they're out of the spaceship and you all you listen to is the breathing. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty hard going. And it just goes on for that little bit too long mm. to make it uncomfortable. And I know that was the point in it, mm. um, but from a viewer's perspective, it doesn't really yeah. help much, does it? I thought it was written for the director rather than being written for an audience. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but for the, for what it was achieving at its time, I, I was like, yeah, fair play. You yeah. know, you would, wouldn't you? Um, I did read that it gained financial success from people going and watching it on drugs. Right. Because a lot of people didn't like it and then people started taking drugs and going to watch it. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't half of the idea while making it. Especially at the time, yeah. 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 The thing is, I again, I liked, I really liked the plot and Mm -hmm. the darkness behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the pacing. I like the claustrophobia of it. And like the yeah. like you said before about the isolation, I think the only other sci-fi film which I, where I can think makes you feel that alone is like the external shots of the Nostromo and Alien. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah works really. Same out. sort of expansive feeling. Yeah, space does scare me. I don't. Maybe that's mm-hmm. something that that why I've never been. I've to always space. been. Dr- <laughs> that's why I've never <laughs> been to space, guys. <laughs> no, I've always been drawn to like fantasy. Okay, yeah, but yeah. not sci-fi, and uh-huh. I think it's because space has always kind of freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, and like, yeah, that sort of loneliness and the fact that it's quiet and there's no walls as such because you can't actually see an end to it and things. But that's why I liked, um, you say, the same sort of isolation thing with Moon as well. Have you Moon ever seen was that? very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that like really loneliness mm. uh, kind of thing. But that's where um, I suppose a little bit ironically, given the length of 2001, because it was based on a short story. Oh, was it? Yeah, didn't it, was, know. it was based like an Arthur C. Clarke yeah. um, book. And there was, I think it was him who actually like advised on different things within the film. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was they were going to make Hal an actual robot. And he said, no, make it just this red light because Arthur C. Clarke apparently not could see it in the future. Obviously, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but said when you get like artificial intelligence in the future, it's not going to be something that it's going to be like a cute robot that you can see. It's just going to be this sentient being. 
to the represented hell by this red light. Amazing foresight. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. In one scene, I swear it looks like they have an iPad as well. So yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they did pretty well Mm -hmm. at guessing. Is it your favourite sci-fi film? No, it's it's not my favourite sci-fi film. I think just because I like Kubrick a lot. If if it wasn't Kubrick, I probably wouldn't like the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Did you read the insurance fact about two thousand one? He was so um, paranoid about us discovering oh, yes. aliens. Yeah. He tried to ensure show the film against it. <laughs> what did you think of the end? It's good. I mean, it's very pretentious and big. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the ultimate life circle, isn't it? That you I, don't, I have no um, idea. I'll be perfectly it's, honest. It's, <laughs> I, I was so confused the first time I watched 2001 at the end. I, is it just basically... <sighs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's basic. It's basically just the dawn of time, and then, and then you go through like human advancement, and then it's the like the next. And then he's the becomes a god, on. doesn't he? In the end, it's kind of like I, I an always angel read it, him, type him thing, becoming part of a global, like so, a universal consciousness type thing. Okay, Sarah. yeah. What? Right. It's like the next stage in evolution is yeah. that we're going to be. Yeah. What's it called? A monolith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the crack with that? What's the crack with that? <laughs> and I feel like that's the most basic question because I know it's there from start to finish. But I mean, I was re- I I didn't know what monolith, monolith was, so I looked it up and it says something that's like unchanging, basically. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, maybe that's what the film symbolizes because <laughs> it's slow and unchanging. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if that's what it was all about. Yeah. He put all this thing and he goes, oh, really? I've just made you watch nearly three hours of nothing. But yeah, I was trying to figure it out, and I do think, and it's good because it does make you think, and it's and it's obviously clever mm-hmm. and very deep, which I enjoy. But I still couldn't really figure it out. I always wish that in situations like this, this is why I hate multiple endings of video games and stuff, because I always think, well, that's great, but I'd like to know what the original idea behind this was. So I always think with in these mm-hmm. things, which are a bit nebulous, where you can make your own idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wish the director or writer would just say well, well this is what I think it is and have it sealed somewhere you know or, right. something, or somewhere completely different so if you want to go and find out what his vision was yeah. you can go and do you it can go totally and agree. that's the truth yeah totally agree I, I think the monolith in the context of the film is the idea of God right you know it's, and that's mm-hmm. either that's what God is it would be the monolith or something that's been put there to propel the monkeys into a another place so it represents a higher power yeah 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 that works Mm -hmm. i'll go with that or just like big bit of ikea furniture (laughs) it does look a bit like yeah Yeah. yeah. it's a leftover bit just picturing it now on set being an accident and then kubrick just being like no leave it (laughs) (laughs) it's unchanging you left that board up there paint it black Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! 
Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!